God's day to all and welcome, welcome to another episode of The Vanishing Perspective. Your attentive ears cannot be more appreciated and your love better received. Time is the most precious gift any human can give to another human. It is the one natural commodity of life that a price cannot be placed on and that it is because to give it, it is truly sharing a piece of your life. The only cost is the price of your attention, so when you pay me with your attentive ears and receptive spirits, I take that entirely to heart. Consequently, I do my very best to allow the Holy Spirit to work out his thoughts through me until they are fully ready for digestion by you, my extended family. By indulging God's expression through me with your attention, it challenges me to pour over every detail of these thoughts until I am sure they are a true and thorough accounting of how I feel on the subject. And this episode is no different. Today's Vanishing Perspective is Judgment. In this show, I am going to tackle the hyper-difficult and extraordinarily touchy subject of homosexuality. For a man who was born of Caribbean descent, specifically Jamaican descent, and birthed in America where my experiences and thoughts were processed through the African-American paradigm, my roots were soaked in the poisonous and acidic sin of homophobia. Yes, my friends, homophobia is a sin, and the truest definition of the word for sin is anti-God because it is anti-God's abundant love for all his children and dangerous thought patterns such as homophobia and prejudices of any kind against any community are anti-love, which is anti-God. However, before I really get into it, it is critical for me to underscore the point that no one, and by no one, I mean no human being on this planet is qualified to judge any man or woman and their personal relationship with God. Every person will have to reckon with the father about his or her choices made during their lifetime. In the book of Matthew chapter seven, verses one through nine, in the new international version of the Holy Bible, it states, do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Second, there is no sin that God places below or above any or other any other sin. In the book of Romans chapter three, verse 23, it states, for everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard, meaning we are all sinners. And not one of us can throw a stone because we all live in homes made of glass. Personally, I was a liar, a cheat, an adulterer, as Christ defined it in Matthew chapter 5, verse 28. A thief, practiced baseless sexual immorality, entertained murderous thoughts, broken an oath I took under God, mistreated my neighbors, my mother, my children, and so on and so forth. By all standards and measurements, I should have been put to death. And yet God still offered a wretch like me amazing grace through his only begotten son to reconcile my broken relationship with our heavenly father. There are so many men and women of the queer lifestyle whose only sin is homosexuality. If there's anyone who could throw a stone, it's them at me and not the other way around. Third, many people of the church would say, 
but they flaunt and celebrate their sin with parades and, and have co-opted the colors of God, the rainbow, as a symbol of their sin. Let me ask those who would pose such an argument this question. How many of you would celebrate your hatred of them in a march or parade in the quote unquote name of Jesus if offered the chance this very moment? Many of you would even ask or demand to be at the front of the procession. If you would do such a thing, I promise you, not only do you not represent Christ, I would dare wonder aloud if Christ is in you at all, or at the very least, not nearly in you to the degree or in the way you think he is. Let me be perfectly clear, however, I do not condone the sin of homosexuality, as I don't condone any sin the same as my father, but I do love and embrace with all my heart the sinner. No different than I love and embrace myself because they are as much God's children as I am and I am as much a sinner as they are. Most of us who either currently watch TV religiously or used to watch TV religiously have seen in an AA or Alcoholic Anonymous meeting scene where the participants of said meeting are gathered round and one by one declare, my name is Peter or my name is such and such and I'm an alcoholic. The response to that declaration is usually, hi, Peter. Well, my name is Jonathan, and I am a sinner. Notice how the alcoholic never makes the declaration that they used to be an alcoholic. No, they are forever and forever will be an alcoholic, for it is an, as inextricably linked to the genetic makeup as sin is inextricably linked to our humanity. Christ did not come to remove our sinful nature. He came to reconcile our relationship with God despite our sinful nature. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18 states, All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. In the book of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14, it states, Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Holiness is defined in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1, where it states, Since we have these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. I don't know what Christ would say about a man and a man or a woman and a woman who desperately love each other and are within a monogamous relationship and wish to or are married. As a Christian, heterosexual man, it is something I refuse to wrestle with because it is not my place to hold final determination on the state of anyone's soul or their relationship with the Father. Well, I, what I will do is reference 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8, in which it states, Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. This is what I know, that love, real love for Yahweh the Almighty and his son first, and love for all others comes before any feelings of judgment that arise in the flesh as a person of God. Love outweighs all things to its contrary, and I will take that truth with me to my grave. I love you all, regardless of what choices you make in this life that don't result in harm to another fellow human being. And even then, I work to love you still, for our Father showed me everlasting patience, mercy, and love during a time when I needed it most. And I will not repay that grace by treating another one of his children with anything less than that same level of love and grace. God bless you all. And may you seek to love one another first before you seek to condemn, for you were once condemned yourselves, and God in his abundant grace sent his only begotten son as a sacrifice for your very salvation. I love you all more deeply than you could possibly imagine, and pray at the time of my reckoning, I will not be found wanting either. Love, your brother in Christ, Jonathan Joseph Shem.
Peace and God bless.